Hello and welcome back to the Motorsport Better Podcast. I'm your host GD and joining me once again today is my friend and your co-host Vedant. On this episode, we'll be reviewing the round 8 and round 9 of the Formula E World Championship that took place in Puebla, Mexico. So, let's grab some chai, take our seats, ready our opinions and dive right into conversation. Hello Vedant. I am not going to pretend that I watched the Formula E races. I was unable to do so. um i couldn't catch even one session i was moving houses and i was working on my car so honestly not only are not only are our listeners uh hoping that you know catch them up with what happened um uh, in formula e over the past weekend but even me uh even i am you know uh, depending on you to catch me up on what happened this past weekend in formula e i know there was, there was a lot of interesting storylines coming out of the weekend uh i was definitely keeping up with the news and i did watch the highlights today but um i still don't really know what exactly conspired um during the during the two races so i'll throw it to you and we can go through the talking points that we have and uh yep it, the floor is all yours well i'll be honest the races were at 2:30 am in india so i myself was not very awake i mean i was watching them but I was getting a little sleepier towards the end. Even two cups of black coffee each day and some leftover food did not help. <laughs> so, but I, but I do have my notes and I do have you know the talking points. So, yeah, let's get into it. Absolutely. So, as we as we know, as we know, we were at a new track in Puebla with a special joker lap. The the, the attack mode was at a extended portion of the track. which was i mean everybody was calling a joker lap which proved to be very controversial and because, dangerous and dangerous exactly that's what i'm coming at because even though atta- uh, taking attack mode became easier in a way because you were unlikely to miss it the entry was quite blind for the runners not taking a- attack mode uh, the reentry and i mean we did see a few clashes and drivers banging their cars and you know going side by side and all that stuff so yeah yeah definitely it, like those who those who didn't take the dark mode and those who were you know reentering the uh, on the racing line got squashed into the wall by the people who were not taking the dark mode cuz because they were in the blind spot and uh, those drivers couldn't see the people reentering from the joker lap um onto the race track and uh, that ended like a couple of races over over the weekend unfortunately for a couple of drivers i can't recall exactly whom but uh, there were definitely a couple of incidents yeah and i mean i won't be surprised if we never see this kind of attack mode joker lap in formula e ever again not just that um we won't be surprised if we come back to if, if we don't come back to puebla uh, you know in formula e again because a lot yeah, of people are also complaining about uh, the track surface and you know how crumble how it was crumbling and how difficult it was to drive on that surface although you would think that uh you know just like jokingly so that you would think that for a series that is trying to race on city tracks and in your city roads they shouldn't be complaining about the street surface and that should be the last <laughs> of the worries but at the end of the day it is a motorsport and these drivers are competing at the highest level and you know risking their lives and um uh, obviously it the track and the way the track behaved didn't sit well with the drivers and we saw a lot of uncharacteristic crashes and you know offs and you know people locking up and you know uh, going into each other 
and uh, a lot of like uh, weird uh, accidents all, all, all throughout the weekend yeah definitely the the track surface was very rough i mean we could make out in uh, make that out from photos and not even close ups but you know zoomed out photos that brought another aspect into the race in formula e which was tire degradation because we never hear about tire degradation in formula e because these are you know groove tires they are all all weather groove all tires, weather tires yeah. and yeah so it it never was an issue but going into the first race people believed that this might play out towards the end and towards the last you know 5 10 laps it might play out but as you said we might never come back to puebla because this was a temporary mexico e pre circuit because of the covid situation in mexico city hopefully from next year onwards we'll be back in mexico city which is a beautiful beautiful circuit in the heart of the city with that special you know super special baseball stadium section and hopefully we can have fans back because that that area is one of the most magical fan experiences in all of motorsport absolutely you are absolutely on point with that but uh, let's talk about someone who had a terrible weekend too besides the track surface itself pascal verline put in two of his best performances that we've ever seen from Pascal Pascal Verline in Formula E over the last few seasons put in his best two performances and still does not come away with even half the points that he scored yeah i mean pascal verline and mexico are not made for each other <laughs> this guy has had the worst luck in a particular country of any racing driver that i can think of just to recall in 2019 he was on pole he was leading the race and on the final corner he ran yep. out of energy and he crawled uh, crawled across the finish line in p6 five drivers passed him within a space of 50 70 meters and i mean you would have thought his luck can't get any worse but in race 1 uh, i mean round 8 in puebla yeah yeah he was on pole he won on the road but then after his win the stewards uh, notified them that there was a technical infringement which was very very controversial and i mean alexander agog has been forced to and apologize to the fans because no one knew what was happening and no one knew what was going on in formula e and i mean these are stories with you know pascal verline finally winning in formula e and porsche finally winning in formula e and to see that happen after the after they take the win on the road it's super disappointing regarding what happened so apparently they had a administrative error and they did not declare their tires correctly which is the formula 1 equivalent to having mixed up sets essentially at the most basic level but the thing here is the stewards and the organizers had enough time before the race to you know notify the team and to get it sorted out and even if there was a penalty it could have been applied before the race a 5 second penalty and whatever or whatever 
but he was straight out disqualified and along with his teammate what do you think of that yeah that that is definitely absurd i knew that uh, pascal verlein had been disqualified because of this technical infringement but i didn't know his teammate was also disqualified because of that technical infringement it is yeah it is definitely uh, really weird and uh, for me it's just the fact that you know for it it may be a technical infringement but i don't think a technical infringement of such you know a, of such a manner where uh, it's it's not like you know the Porsche team didn't follow the rules they followed the rules they just forgot to mention something and they were still like you know the car was legal the tires were legal and everything was legal so is it really necessary to disqualify uh, this person is it really necessary did they gain a you know unfair advantage probably not N- not that i can think of uh, you know did they do some did they win illegal illegally not did they cheat no so i don't see i don't see any reason for this um, for the punishment of you know not meeting this technical requirement to be so harsh uh and i think it should be like you know we discussed this earlier too when there was another administrative issue uh, with a team in formula e and you know the person got disqualified or you know he he got some sort of penalty and we discussed the fact that um some of these you know rules in formula e need to be revamped and uh some of these rules ha- require should not you know pen- penalize drivers because it's the team's fault but it should penalize the team instead uh because you know it's not the drivers who are involved and i know you you might argue you know it's all one unit and everything like that but there is a reason why you know there are penalties for the team and there are penalties for the drivers um and you know there are different situations call for different things and i think this is one of the situations where the team should be penalized and uh, not the driver himself yeah you especially absolutely- especially to like such a large extent you know where it literally wrecks his championship um battle with in our is like you know championship hopes yeah i mean definitely disqualification is such a big decision and i mean as you said there was nothing illegal about it and there was nothing you know he didn't gain any advantage so definitely a weird weird uh decision from formula e and the stewards but yeah now the coincidences don't end here you know in in the race in 2019 when uh verline missed out on the win lucas de grassi won with audi and even on saturday lucas de grassi won with audi and that was audi's only second win after that race in mexico in 2019 so strange i mean who can imagine these level of coincidences i can't <laughs> i certainly can't so yeah Rene Renault finished P2 for Audi so that was the best performance for Audi in over 2 years because they haven't won since 2019 uh and I mean everyone was you know looking at Audi and thinking that okay they they are fading away but I think Audi is coming back and they want to they want to be dominant in this in the sport again yeah Rene Renault was P2 after brilliant brilliant race and Eduardo Motara was P3 and eduardo motara he took the race win in race uh, in round 9 and took the championship lead with that so brilliant weekend for eduardo motara two podiums of one a win and for rocket venturi because it's their only second win in the in the series yeah definitely you know uh, the championship order has definitely uh, changed uh, eduardo motara is leading the championship like you said 
and uh, Robin Franz who didn't come away with any points this weekend uh, for the Envision Virgin Racing team still sits second, um, you know, 10 points behind Eduardo Motara who's on 72, Robin Franz on 62, and uh, then we have Antonio Felix Acosta who had a nasty crash, I think, in race two uh, with 60 points um, sitting on P3. But um, what were some other storylines coming out of this weekend, Vinod? Well, Pascal Verlaine's bad luck didn't end in, in round 8. In round 9, he was he finished P2 on the road and got penalized again for overusing his fan boost. Now, again, we have seen these penalties over and over and over again in Formula E. Overuse of fan boost, oversurge of the power and all these things. And I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at all these penalties over and over and over again, it just makes Formula E and the drivers and the teams look bad. Yeah, look bad. And I'm, I don't want to use the word, but they they look stupid with this, with these penalties. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't know I, what, I, what can be done about it. Yeah, but I guess the technology is just not there yet, you know, because if the technology was there, the teams would have definitely implemented it because they don't want to they don't they don't want to be penalized either. You know, they're, they're trying to win the championship. Uh, they're trying to sell cars and obviously it doesn't look good for the championship or the teams. Um, well, now, they, the, they should make the rules with the technology that is in place. See, right? We've, we've, <laughs> seen, we've seen this come up again and again, you know, Formula E has rules that don't sit well with the teams or the drivers, you know, whether that be the qualifying format whether that be the penalties, whether that be, uh, you know, the way they go about conducting their sessions. Uh, so there's there's like a lot that uh, the teams are not happy with. And it's kind of almost um, surprising to see that the, that the championship is not doing more to, you know, uh, not just keep, keep its team satisfied, but also actually, you know, consider what what the teams want and, you know, make the racing better, make the championship better, not just for the team, but also for the fans. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's a bit surprising, but it's and it's a bit annoying. But we've also seen Formula One, uh, you know, do the same thing in the past. Uh, but ever since Liberty Media has come, um, Formula One has been doing better. They have been listening to the fans. So hopefully, you know, uh, Formula E can start doing the same pretty soon. Uh, but now let's look at the t- ch- championship standings for the constructors. You know, uh, Mercedes-Benz EQ Formula E team. Um, didn't score any points in round nine and only came away with eight points in round eight. However, they still maintained their uh, constructor championship lead, but only by three points. With the DS Tichita team, who only scored 12 points, uh, now sitting in second place with 110 points, and Jag- Jaguar Racing team, who only scored six points over the weekend on 109 points, sitting in third. Um, Audi Sports still in uh, fourth, tied with Envision Watching Racing at 99 points, and then we have. Rocket Venturi Racing, who came away with 40 points over the weekend, sitting 6th uh, with 83 points. And then we had BMW Andretti, Mahindra Racing, Tag Heuer, and the Nissan Edams team not making up a lot of places. And we still have Dragon and the Neo 333 team at the bottom of the grid. Uh, but the championship fight, fight, at least amongst the constructors, is definitely getting spiced up. Uh, only four points separating uh, five teams. Uh, sorry, only fourteen points uh, separating five teams. So you know, I'm really looking forward to how the season pans out. Um, especially since we only have a few, few more rounds to go, uh, and we're just over the halfway mark for the Formula E season. Yeah, definitely, it's going to be a typical Formula E season. I mean, except last season because last season 
Antonio Felix da Costa absolutely dominated everybody but other than that other than that i believe it's going to be a typical formula e season where we'll see multiple lead changes uh, in the championship and multiple you know incidents across the championship so really excited to head into uh, the new york double header on the july 10 weekend i i think it's it's on the july 10 weekend yes yeah i think so too yeah so but yeah it's been so long uh, you know formula e came back after their summer break or uh, whatever they call it you know and it just seemed like i don't i, I couldn't even recall what was the last thing that happened in formula e before going into the break and then i was like oh we were talking about the you know the monaco e prix weekend and how uh, formula 1 and formula e should have a joint weekend in monaco and that was all the rage on this motorsport better podcast <laughs> uh, but yeah it took me a while to recall what actually happened in formula e before uh the puebla weekend but um anything else from you vedan before we wrap up this podcast i mean i i i hope that the weekend would throw out more variables because it was an unknown unknown circuit and it was a very strange circuit at at that and it was a you know not a street circuit a normal circuit of sorts but i have to say i'm a bit disappointed with what we saw i mean i was sleepy half the time but still uh well that's that's sad to hear but hopefully you know things will turn around in new york uh and we'll catch you then thank you vidan for joining me once again this weekend and we'll catch you catch you all um after the new york e prix